Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. So we've got another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. And today I've got Anita Toth, who is the chief churn crusher uh, at her own company, right? At, at, Anita, at Anita Toth. So she um, is a consultant, has been working with B2B SaaS companies um, around a number of years, um, has been research uh, for a number of years as well, which I know from her past. Um, and so Anita, first, welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited to talk to you. Thanks so much, Jeff. Happy to be here. Uh, so we always like to start off with a fun question, and I've, I keep switching it up every once in a while, but what is your favorite fruit? My favorite fruit's a mango. Ooh, okay. Like, but no, it's got to be the right mango, which yep. is when it's super ripe, and you bite into it, and I, yes, I bite into mine after I peel the skin off, and like the juices run down your face, and they're super sweet. Yeah, yeah those mangoes. Like that's, it. that's it, specifically. I yeah. love them. That's very, I like the specificity. Uh, I like that, you know, very, very clear on what you like in terms of your mangoes. Yep, um, yep. Well, perfect. We, so just before this, we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, some of the ideas and concepts that you've been learning over your careers. And I think it's a really interesting. Um, we've, we've talked with Bob London from Chief Listing Officers about some of these things, but I think there's always room to go deeper. And so um, I'd love maybe from your perspective, as you think about some of the questions that you want to bring up as you're doing some churn analysis or as you're even just talking to customers, um, like how are you trying to think about those questions ahead of time? Like how are you trying to make sure you're keeping them open-ended? Because I think uh, a tendency of mine, you know, I've been trying to work on a long time is I tend to ask questions that are yes and no, that are very easy for somebody to answer and I'm not getting a lot of depth. So how do you like to think about getting depth when you're asking questions to customers or churned customers um, to get, you know, real insights from, from the, their learnings? So one of the tricks is um, the first few words of the question. Can you tell me more about? Because when you structure a question that way, um, it's not going to be a yes or a no answer. Just by, by you know, default, it's going to be a, an open-ended question. Can you explain a little more how you blank? Um, when you were reaching out about problem X, um, you know, what so those kinds of things, uh, when, you, when you start your questions that way, it just naturally leads to an open, open-ended question. And so starting from that, like one of my favorites, can you tell me a little more about that? Can you explain to me? Can you help me understand? Um, just so I get this right, can you clarify like those kind of those kind of questions. So it's more the can, how did you versus the what and why. What and why questions tend to be very easy to make them into closed uh, ended. Whereas, you know, can you explain how did you um, leave it much more open ended? Um, because it's really, I don't even know. You'd have to be pretty darn creative, I think, to take those types of questions and make them closed. Yeah, right. So, so just start from there. That's, yeah. I think that's the easiest way. And if you can start getting that into like, just practice. And what I always, always tell people when they're learning this, cause it is a skill practice at home. If yep. you have kids, so I, I've done this with my kids instead of like saying, why did you do that? Can you explain to me what you were thinking when you, whatever it was? And you know what? You will see a difference in the reaction versus, well, why did you do that? Yeah. And we're, I'm trying to get to the same goal, which is the thinking behind it. 
So what was your thinking when you decided, like my kid did the other day, um, decided with a candle to put a paper towel that was rolled up to try to dip it in the wax with the flame? Needless to say, we had a mini fire in my house and I was, I, I was not happy. So rather than why did you do this, I said to her like, uh, can you explain to me what you were thinking? Oh, she said, I just wanted to, to suck the extra wax up into the paper towel. That was her goal. Okay, sure. obviously big fail on that one. Yes. But I wanted, to, I wanted to know, like, what was her thinking behind it? So if the, I came with the why, I wouldn't have gotten it. She would have shut right down. She yep. would have been um, thinking I'm judging her, which obviously I was. But I also wanted to get at the, the root thinking so that we could talk about it. And yeah. so can you explain to me what you were thinking? Or can you explain to me how you came to this? I also that's, like that. Yeah, I like that. And I, uh, over my career, one of the things that I've become maybe more comfortable with as well is after somebody gives an answer, not immediately responding. Because if you actually mm -hmm. leave a minute or a second to pause, um, and it might feel uncomfortable at the beginning, but if you actually leave that extra room, sometimes it, it almost in their minds is an innate reaction to then just keep further explaining. So if you have a right. question, you ask it, and then you don't immediately respond. I think in internally, what we're thinking, right, all the time is like, well, did they understand what I meant or what I said? And so then they actually might just keep going with their answer. So I also like to, um, to t try and tell people, and I've tried to learn this in my career, that sometimes pauses are actually good in conversations mm -hmm. because kind of some of the room that you can leave allow somebody to feel like they actually have more to offer. They can, you know, kind of put something in there to share that's going to be valuable. And so I think, again, very hard reaction for me because uh, I think uncomfortable, you know, dead air, silence is always, you know, you've, you've kind of grown up learning that. It's like, oh, I don't want that to happen. But in, I think in these contexts, it's actually really good to try and enforce yourself, maybe even put yourself on mute sometimes. I do that where it forces me an extra second to kind of come off mute and that extra second, they actually might keep going. And so uh, I've tried to learn a couple of tricks of the trade like that that helped me as well. Yeah. yeah. And um, the um, I've learned this too, that obviously different people react differently when they're speaking. So some, I have some friends of mine who I have to be more patient with and take that pause because they're not super quick on their feet with responses. They like to stop and think about it before they give their response. So to what you were saying, if you just jump right in and don't really give them the chance and you're missing that opportunity, the challenge is, like you don't want it, that pause to go on too long because then it can become hugely uncomfortable, but you yep. also want, it's a balance. And, and you know what, how do you learn? You make a few mistakes, you cut people off, you know, yep. that kind of stuff. And then you go, well, I guess that was too short. Maybe a second longer might make a difference. Yeah. Right. You gotta, you gotta learn as you go. These are, I think these are things that you just pick up uh, naturally as you go. So uh, in your business, right. It sounds like you really focused a lot on um, interviewing customers, thinking about, you know, churn analysis, churn, you know, kind of lost customers and trying to kind of make the gap or put the gaps um, in between, right? Like, why did we lose this customer? Yep. What was their experience? So um, as you start kind of getting some of these insights, what is one of the ways that you try and maybe come out with core themes that you're hearing? Or how do you, how do you kind of summarize that in a way that becomes presentable back into organizations or executive teams that helps to get the point across? I've always found that really hard to try and, um, how do you succinctly, take all these conversations, right? Because there's so many nuggets. It's so good. Right. How do you kind of succinct that, that together? Like, how do you think about maybe pulling out some core themes as you're going through this exercise? 
So there's there's two things in in particular. So this is what we're talking about qualitative research methods. This is what we you know the 20 plus years I've been in academia. Uh, this is how we did it. First of all, you find big overarching themes. So you're going to hear things around product, around marketing, around sales, around onboarding, around you know customer experience. That sort you know that's the whole journey. But you will hear very specific large themes. Start there. That's how you want to to um, first analyze your data. Then you want to dig in and start looking for sub-themes, right? So yeah. are there specific things with, with product? Um, gaps are missing, you know, bugs, different things like that. Uh, same with onboarding because onboarding is a long process. Are there certain parts of it? So then you want to break it down further. But there's two areas where you can go back to your exec team and say like, hey, this is what we're hearing. One is around unique language. So this is going to be phrases you hear that just kind of like, they really do. They jump out at you either when you um, read them or hear them. And oh, before I forget, always, always record your conversations and transcribe them if you're going to analyze them. Because sometimes going back through when we're listening, we, you know, we're also thinking in our heads. So we, we miss key things that when you go back, you look at the transcripts, you're like, wow, this is fantastic. The second thing is to um, pull out a customer story. So they're going to be telling you as you're asking these questions, what their experience is. And there's, there's usually some sort of story in there. And two things you can do. One is go back and always end your your interviews with if i have any further questions could i get back in touch with you and most people if they just spent 20 minutes 30 minutes with you will be like sure because they know it's going to be short right it's not going to be another half hour ask them and then you can go back and say you know hey you were talking about this particular experience you had um, do you mind telling me a little bit more about this i really would like to share this and you know, you can say with your executive team or you can say that, you know, it really just struck you for whatever reasons um, and then take that story and then that becomes your driver. Yeah. So I left because this was my specific experience. You take that back to the exec team and say, hey, like this is just one person I talked to. There might be 10 others who are experiencing this right now. Yeah. We need to do something about it. So those yeah. stories what are, are really what drives everything. It's not the metrics. That's, it's the stories behind the numbers. Numbers are great, but they yeah. don't really, they don't tell you why. Those, those interviews and talking to your customers tell you why. Yeah, it's, and it's an interesting point, right? Because I think we, so over the last three years, we've, doing, we've, been, we've been doing our consulting work. Um, constantly, I think you come across teams who are saying, hey, our organization's not listening to us. And it's, you know, or they're not paying attention to the things that we're saying. And it goes back. I love that point you just made because it's generally, uh, what are you sharing, right? That's the question I ask. Well, you know, what are we sharing and how are we sharing it? And, um, you know, you'll get like a presentation or a report maybe, and it's just metrics, 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 a couple of themes that they pull out. And um, it's kind of lost the art of storytelling to kind of make you feel like you're in the customer's shoes, right? There's a, um, we're going through this exercise right now with we're doing 50 customer interviews in 50 days to try and get ourselves acclimated. What are the customers hearing, feeling, good customers, bad customers, small to big? Like we didn't, we did not statistically go through and pick, you know, the right amounts from the right segments. We just said, hey, we need to do this quick. We're just going to go. Okay. Uh, but it's been enlightening. It's because it's, I'm feeling the pain when I hear it on the phone, right? I can, I can understand 
what the customer is going through, which is different than me just reading it on a page. And I know we can't always do that, but I love the idea. Like we've, we've seen how um, Gong and some of these other reporters um, have become really popular, um, not only for sales teams, but for customer success teams, because you can go pull out these stories and say, hey, I'm going to pull out a two minute clip for you about what their onboarding experience was like. And this is, you know, not to point fingers at anyone. This is just to say, hey, let's put ourselves in their shoes and figure out what's the solution. Like if they're feeling it, like you just said, there's probably 10 other customers. So we need to be thinking a little bit ahead of this. Um, and I love it because the story is what's really going to sell in, internally and externally. The story is what's going to sell that like, hey, how do we actually make progress and, and drive action from this as well? Absolutely. And I'm a firm believer that customers don't want to churn. Yeah. Like they went through all of this work to, you know, make the decision that they, you know, and this goes like right from enterprise SMB to even, even buying like something really small, you know, at the checkout line, you took time to evaluate whether this, this product or service or whatever it is, is this going to have value to me? I'm going to take the chance on it. And so they, they've put in effort then to pull out their money and say, you know, I'm going to, t- to you know, further take this, this relationship. They don't want to leave. So I think it's our responsibility to then find out, well, why are they, you know, not only why they're leaving, what we can do better, but like you said, really listening from their perspective because they are the ones that have that unique perspective. We're too close to it. Yeah. We're in it. We, you know, and um, I remember a long time ago, I hired someone and he was taking care of my social media accounts. And he said, well, what happens if somebody's mean and, and says something nasty? And I said, well, engage them, find out why they think this way. That mean comment could have just come off because they wanted to type it fast and, and left, you know, or like, you know, sometimes, yeah, it's just a mean comment. Fine. You'll figure it out really quickly, but sometimes there's, there's actual value in what they're saying rather than just going, ah, oh, great. It's another person complaining about X or yeah. this person likes to complain. Well, maybe listen to them and find out. Sometimes it's, it's surprising when you dig a little further that there's something really valid about what they're saying. And it, it's so easy to just go, ah, this person's just like this and that's who they are. Yeah. Not, not always. No, it's, so, and it's true, right? Because the, um, w- one of the things that I think we've seen over the years is sometimes teams are afraid to get re-engaged with customers because they think the worst, right? Hey, we haven't talked to this customer in a year and I know they're going to be upset or I know they've had issues. And, you know, from one standpoint, I get that from being on the front lines before, like there's no worse feeling than getting on a call and a customer just, you know, kind of hammering you. But yeah. the, the alternative, right, is that generally when customers are non-responsive is when they're looking at other tools, they're going to go, you know, switch a product. Like they're actually making that decision when they're quiet. Yeah. And so um, I think Jay and I have always taken that stance of like, I'd rather have a really pissed off customer who's engaging with us, who's talking with us and being able to field that and try and find the best solution forward. Because in that case, there's at least a two-way dialogue hop happening. Where in the other case, if you have a quiet customer, it's a one-way dialogue and we're trying to connect with them and they're, you know, it's, a, it's reaching out to a brick wall. And that's, that's the concerning part. So I, I love that point too, because again, we, I, I'm, I used to be on the front lines. I understand, you know, I had to deal with customers day-to-day basis. Like I understand the, the challenges of trying to do that, but at the same time, like, we, we can embrace that. We can actually look for the positives. We can kind of, you know, coach people out of that, um, which is the, the good thing to think about. Um, well, I know we've only got three minutes left and this is, we're going to have another podcast because there's so much more we could go down, but um, what are some, maybe like what's one tactical thing that you feel like you could give to whether it's an individual contributor or even uh, some leaders of customer success about 
uh, kind of churn calls and, you know, thinking about like, how should this become a part of their kind of voice of customer? Uh, you know, should they be doing this on a regular basis? Is there any tactical things you can kind of help them maybe even just get this off the ground if they've got kind of nothing started before? I'm just, just curious kind of what's the one to two steps you feel like they could take tomorrow? I think the, the biggest thing you've are, you've hit on it, uh, one is, is start making in this part of your routine. You don't have to do 25 a week. Just start with one and, and start practicing. And the second thing is change your questions. Practice at home. Practice with your friends. Practice elsewhere. Um, you know, like I, I ran into somebody on the, on the street and she was telling me about her dog and then she said she was in the scrap metal business. I just asked her about it. Oh, tell me how you got into that. Oh, it was a family business. Next thing I know, 20 minutes later, you know, I now have someone else in my neighborhood that I can chat to. It's just those small things and then you build on them. So from one a week to maybe two to maybe three and then you start putting in formal things. But if you don't have anything, those are those are the best places to start. Start trying to add in more of those open-ended questions to in just your everyday and you know what ends up happening is it just now becomes the way you ask questions. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. natu- it starts naturally coming into your, your it does. Uh, vocabulary and your dialogue. You start thinking in that way too. Um, so I love that. Well, um, Anita, I know this was really short, but we um, are going to record another one. I just like to get out some of these uh, short ones every once in a while because I think people really like yep. uh, the brevity. But um, I love this topic. I think open-ended questions, uh, kind of voice of customer programs, churn calls is all becoming really apparent right now, especially in the kind of the dichotomy of what we're going through. So uh, we will certainly have you back on. If you guys want to go find Anita, Go make sure and, and connect with her on LinkedIn. Um, I need a talk, just like it sounds. And um, she's on there and active. Um, we always see she's also part of our Gang Grow Tain community. So appreciate you uh, being active in there as well. And uh, we'll look for another episode soon, but appreciate the quick time and some of the, the quick hits around voice of customer and uh, churn calls. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gang Grow Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.